Welcome back, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the City of Roses, City of Bridges, Stumptown PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me are my co-hosts, Eric, the Encyclopedia Foster. It feels self-serving, but oh baby, I love it. The Bay Area Blazer, Ro Zapanta. What's good, Portland? And keeping us honest, looking up stats and fact-checking the man in the chair, Blazer Ben. Bingo, bingo, bongo, Blazer fans. Fellas. We have a special guest on this episode. He started out as a sideline reporter and studio host for the Trailblazers beginning in the 99 lockout year before replacing Eddie Doucette as television play-by-play man in the 99-2000 season. He was here through through the 2003 season, after which he became the play-by-play announcer for the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's where he's been since 2004. His name, fellas, is Pete Pranica. Pete, yes. thank you so much for joining the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to uh, to reliving some great Portland days. <laughs> Absolutely. So we want to kick it off with actually a very serious question. Uh, we ask all of our guests that come Oh, here on. we go. <laughs> who are you taking? Well, instead of who are you taking, let's just say, who is the greatest of all time in your eyes? Michael Jordan. Or LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, let's see. Um, shoot. When it comes to championships, you got to you got to say Jordan. I think that uh, you know LeBron is is maybe a better all around player, but when you look at the ability to raise his game to championship level year after year after year, that's Michael Jordan. It's a great answer. I think we're all in agreement. It's <laughs> a fantastic answer. That's the correct we're, answer, Pete. We're all also like 90s babies old heads. So it's like, of course, it's got to be MJ, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm an 80s baby. Yeah, we're. we're... <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm the really, really OG over here. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you know who uh, Dwight James is. I do. Okay, so we asked him the same question, and he actually went with Wilt Chamberlain. But then again, he's old enough to, and has been around long enough to have actually seen Wilt play. So we gave him a pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, there, there are a lot of people who are basketball historians who will tell you that Wilt Chamberlain may, have, may well have been the greatest player. And I think there are some people who could probably make a case for Bill Russell as well. So, you know, just it just depends how far back you go. And, and uh, there's, there's always a fair amount of recency bias that, that favors LeBron James. But, uh, you know, it, it is very difficult to compare players from different Absolutely. eras. And uh, I, think, I think what you want to do more than anything else is just celebrate everybody's greatness because it's been a, it's been a great now the, you know, now 75 years of the NBA mark this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you hit it right on the head there. Uh, you, I think what it really comes down to is just like you said, celebrating the players for, for what they've done, what they've accomplished in the era that they accomplished. I mean, really it's hard to say who is the single greatest basketball player of all time. Um, well, except it's Michael Jordan. Pete. Except it's Michael. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, we, we, we've settled this. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Pete, let's dive into Mr. Pranica. Uh, your tenure with the Blazers started with a little bit of uncertainty. Uh, the collective bargaining, bargaining agreement had expired after the 98 season and a new one wasn't agreed upon until it was time to start the 98-99 season as scheduled. Now, what we're curious is, what was that experience like? Um, and as time went on and the lockout stretched through the winter months, was there ever a feeling that the season might not happen? I think that that had happened at, at some point. I think that thought had crossed everybody's mind. And it was a crazy period for me because I had gotten married the previous May and was living in Chicago. And Harry Hutt, who was working for the Blazers, who had originally hired me to be a fill-in radio announcer for the Detroit Pistons, which is how I broke into the NBA, brought me out to Portland. And they were trying to figure out where they could put me, what kind of jobs job or jobs could I do to be part of the organization. And remarkably, even though the lockout was looming, uh, Harry was able to, to figure out a way to get me out to Portland and uh, when I got out there, it was to help John Christensen in the PR department and to also run Rip City Magazine. That's that's really what I got hired to do in the first place. And then as the lockout wore on, Harry had the idea that, well, you know, we really need to have a wraparound show. We need to have a pre half and post host. And we want you to cut highlights from the Blazers game and from other games around the league. And so the the job just kind of expanded. But still, at the same time, you're sitting there in November and you're not really sure, are we going to play this year? Are we not going to play this year? And so you, you had a job, but you really didn't have a job uh, other than, than periodically appearing on, uh, on courtside with Steve Jones. The first, uh, the first time I did, it, it was rather remarkable because we had the great Sam Smith from Chicago writing at the time for the Chicago Tribune on the show. And I'm just like, this is my first time I've met Steve Jones and my God, we're talking to, to Sam Smith and obviously Snapper and Sam knew each other quite well. I didn't know either one of them. And so, you know, the first segment of the show, I, I don't even know that I got a question in <laughs> and uh, Snapper goes to break saying, and we'll be back with more courtside Monday night with me and my silent partner. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 that, and that was my introduction to uh, working with Steve Jones. Oh, that's great. Uh, so in 99, your position with the Blazers gets a boost, and you have a chance to take over for Eddie Doucette and team up on the, the television broadcast team with Steve Jones. Now, the team is coming off a surprise run to the Western Conference Finals, then makes the trade for Scottie Pippen right as training camp is set to open. As a play-by-play -play guy, what goes through your head knowing that this team is expected by everyone in the media to make a finals push and your voice is going to be the one telling the story? Is there any pressure that maybe wouldn't be there if, if you were possibly in a place with lower expectations? Uh, I think there, there, there might have been. I might have been too young and stupid to fully, fully appreciate it. I mean, oh, please. You, you know, well, you know, the, the thing of it is, is that you're, you're starting – you know, you, it's 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 your you're starting on third base, really. Um, right. But but you're but you're you're trying to. It's it's your first full time, play by play job in the NBA. Okay, because I had done you know fill in stuff for the Detroit Pistons, and this was on radio. And now all of a sudden, I'm working with Steve Jones, who, by the way, is like working with Marv Albert and Bob Costas and all mm -hmm. these amazing people at NBC. And so, you know, so. 
I think the, the, the greater pressure, as far as I was concerned, was working with Steve because he was in such rarefied air and I'm, I'm a neophyte. And the other thing, too, is I think we, we forget now is that in those days, we only televised about 50 games a year. So there are 30 games we're not even doing. And, and so you had to sit and watch. Um, so I think the expectations were, you know, from my chair, I just wanted to be the best announcer I could be, work with Snapper. Uh, you know, you know, you're working with obviously a new director, not a new to the Blazers director and George Wash. He'd been there forever, but Patricia Lowry was was relatively new to the franchise as well. And so, you know, you're 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 jumping into this, and you do want to do well. And the hope is that the team does well because I think we'd all like to end up with a championship ring when this thing is all done. And um, but just in a roundabout way to answer your question, I think the the greater pressure was just this is your first full-time NBA job. Don't screw it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, since, since we're talking about Steve Jones, uh, what was it like working with the guy? It was, it was amazing. Um, I mean, I got Steve Jones stories for days and I remember very clearly the first telecast we were doing in a regular season. We're up in Vancouver against the Grizzlies, ironically. And, um, he just sits in the front row of the stands before the game. And I'm thinking, and he just like crosses his legs and folds his arms. And he's just watching the players go through warmups. I'm like, am I supposed to talk to him? Are we supposed to like have some conversation and talk <laughs> about how the telecast is supposed to go? And I, and, and I like, does this guy hate me or, you know, what, what, what's going on here? And we, we developed a rapport and you came to understand very quickly that if snapper teased you, and gave you gave you issues uh you know and teased you a lot that meant he liked you if he ignored you then you really had a problem and so he was always teasing me i had the special blue pen i always carried with me and he always claimed it was my notre dame pen although it was not really a notre dame pen but it was but it was blue um (laughs) and you know he taught me so much about the game and i get so many requests from young announcers and not so young announcers about the approach to calling a game. And what Steve taught me was that the most important thing that you do as an, as an announcer is to identify the, the identity of a particular team. How do they want to play? Do they want to, are they a jump shooting team? Are they a three point shooting team? Are they a pick and roll team? What side of the floor do they like to pick and roll? Uh, are they an effective paint scoring team? Are they a fast break team? Are they a high deflection team? All these different things. And if you as an announcer can explain to your audience that, okay, this is who Memphis is playing tonight, or this is who Portland is playing tonight, and this is how they play. You explain that to your viewer, and then now you immediately have a baseline from which you can tell stories about that as the game unfolds. Either this team is playing to its identity, or it's not playing to its identity, or it's playing well above it, above and beyond its statistical identity. And so then now you have a story, and then your analyst fills in with the why they are or are not playing to their identity and i always felt that that was that was a a a great great way to approach it and um you know one of the things that i was very gratified is that after steve had retired he still stayed in touch with me he'd always call me before the season started he'd always 
bust my chops about something I'd said. He he would watch he would watch Grizzlies games and he would you know critique my performance. And and one of the final conversations we had before he passed away, he told me how proud he was of me and how I had developed as a play-by-play announcer. And uh, he he was very very complimentary and uh, you know he took great pride in that and 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 those are compliments and those are words that I will cherish forever because. Uh, he's he was a very thoughtful, very bright, very perceptive guy, and uh, a, a lot of what I do on a daily basis in calling games is is rooted in in our time together in Portland. Hey Pete, uh, my name's Eric. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, before we move on to the Miracle Minute, something about Steve Jones. I actually went to school with his daughters, uh, Samantha and Celeste. So I don't know if you knew them, but uh, he used to show up to their volleyball games that we would go watch. And he was always such a nice guy. I mean, a genuinely mm-hmm. nice guy. Um, uh, one thing that always stood out for me with Steve Jones was that he was kind of like a made man. And he could get away with saying things that a lot of other people <laughs> could not get away with saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, it's been well documented over the years that the organization had some quote unquote frustration uh, with his candidness. Um, you kind of spoke on it, but I kind of feel like when I watch Grizzlies games for me, that you're, um, that you're calling that you might've learned a little bit of that honesty. And that has kind of translated into something that you've integrated into your style of broadcast. Well, that, thank you. I, I take that as a great compliment. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to circle back to that in a second. Uh, and about, uh, the the influence of how an organization deals with broadcast, but I will tell you because you had mentioned Steve's generosity and being a nice guy, you know, and possibly it was because of Steve's candor. We were not allowed. The broadcasters were not allowed on the Blazers charter <laughs> for the first couple of years. <laughs> oh, we were we were not oh, allowed man. on the charter. We we had to we had to fly commercially, and uh, you know, four and five nights, and you're flying commercially. Uh, that's that's a pretty rough way to go and but and, and Steve had a deal where he always flew first class on Delta and you know we didn't always fly Delta we flew a lot of Alaska be, you know being on the west coast but I remember very clearly one time we were on a long trip and whether it was his his status or his miles or whatever but he got all of our broadcast crew first class seats uh, on a long flight on Delta. And he did that out of his own generosity. And, uh, and that he, he did have, he had a, he had a huge heart. Sometimes he could be gruff. He could give you a lot of, he could give you a lot of guff, but he, but he did have a huge heart. Week two of football is in the books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL to kick off another action packed week. DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 
to your point about being candid and being honest, there there are a couple of, of ways that that slices. And number one is, you know, when we were doing games back then, the games, I don't even know if League Pass existed at that point. And you could kind of get away with being very much a homer in your home market uh, because nobody outside your home market was probably watching or listening outside maybe some people at NBA Entertainment. The other thing, too, is that the Portland organization at that time was very, very much, we want you to be a homer. You know, the referees are against us. We hate the other team. Uh, that was just the way they wanted the, the telecast presented. And, and, and Steve obviously, you know, didn't want to go in that direction. And understandably for him, I mean, integrity was, was the big thing to him. Um, but as time has gone on, our games are shown everywhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, our games are monitored. Uh, if we get a rule wrong, uh, and, and, and we go down the wrong path and, and, and give an incorrect explanation, there will be an email in my box the next day that you interpreted this rule wrong and that, that, that email is coming from the league office. Um, you know, so it, it, it is more incumbent upon us because we have more eyeballs on us that are not strictly Blazers fans, Grizzlies fans, or, or whatever your home market is. We have referees who watch our games. They listen to what we say about them. <laughs> Good call, bad call. But but, but and, it, and it's and it's not simply for for them to, uh, you know, get back at us or you know to, to give us a hard time if we give them a hard time. They want to be sure that we know the rules and we're explaining the rules correctly. And because we do have such a wider audience, uh, it's it's more incumbent upon us to be completely honest and transparent. If there's a bad call that favors the Grizzlies, I'm going to call it what it is. If there's a bad call that favors the other team, I'm, I'm going to call it. And, you know, I, I'm friends friends with a number of referees, and that's they're very comfortable with that. Look, hey, if we missed a call and you've got video evidence to support we blew a call, fine. Say that you blew a call. Just don't make it personal. Um, and, and the Grizzlies organization has been very supportive of you know, we know in our call, we get more excited when, when the Grizzlies do well. We want the Grizzlies to win. But if Damian Lillard goes off for 45 points, we're going to pat him on the back because <laughs> it's a hell of a performance. Right. And, 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 I, and I think that if you do not have integrity, if you do not have that element of honesty in your call, then you really don't have anything. And so I'm, I'm very glad that the Grizzlies allow Brevin Knight and myself to to play it down the middle and to be objective, but but certainly with a Memphis slant. <laughs> right. So yeah. some, speaking of uh, those Pete, Grizzlies, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Pete, I just wanted to say, you know, I've, I have NBA League Pass and the Grizzlies have been super interesting over the last couple of years. And it just sounds like when you guys talk, you know, as like announcers, you guys just sound like you love basketball. And I think that's that's sort of what you're saying. And speaking about loving basketball, it you went like to Japan to workshop with Japanese broadcasters. And I just wanted to ask you, like, how much of that did you did you bring some of Steve Jones, some of the other people that you work with, like here in Portland? Um, how much did you bring to that workshop? Well, uh, the the concept I referenced earlier about being able to identify the identity of a particular team that was that was obviously a bedrock 
uh, of, of the, the material that I shared with these Japanese announcers, which, which was a, an incredible honor to be asked by the NBA to, to go over to Tokyo and to meet with uh, a number of Japanese sportscasters, many of whom who have not or had not done NBA basketball, they had done other sports. And heretofore, games would be shown in Japan and they'd be dubbed over. Uh, by Japanese announcers, and they, or and they wanted. Now they wanted instead of one or two games a night, they wanted every game, and they wanted their announcers to call them live, albeit off monitors, and uh, and so that was really fascinating, just to be in inculcated into a different culture, to explain to them everything about rules and coaching and terminology and uh, and to talk to them yeah exactly about some of those bedrock principles that I I learned from Steve Jones okay Pete Here I've been go. a blazer fan since <laughs> I, I probably wasn't a diaper I have listened to every <laughs> great call in the history of the franchise I promise you I talk about this all the time my all-time favorite call is the Miracle Minute. It is an it's amazing. Amen. Let's take it back. As we're gonna go as back to Memphis. Bless your heart. Oh, I, this is my favorite call. March fourteenth, two thousand two. Okay, so we're it's been a while. A little bit of time has passed, but I'm gonna take you back. Portland is in the midst of not a rebuilding year, but it's not a great year. Mo Cheeks first season Blazers aren't performing quite as well as everybody hoped but something special is going to happen this night so Portland's playing Dallas Portland's about to go up 20 on a Bonzi Wells 18 footer the second quarter is about 90 seconds to go the very next possession Bonzi steals the ball throws a baseball bullet to Ruben Patterson who just packs it Okay, so for me, this is the first indication that something special is going on. The bench is up. The Rose Garden is loud. What's going through your head? Uh, what's going through your head is at that point, they're beating the brakes off of Dallas as it is. <laughs> and, and you know, you're just like, okay, we're just, we, are we just going to roll into halftime or what's going to happen? And then... The, you know, then then you get a you get a steal I think off of Michael Finley, and then you're going the other way, and then uh, if memory serves, Pippen lobs to Rasheed Wallace and he dunks, uh, and then the the Blazers get another stop, and this time Pippen lobs to Bonzi Wells who reverse dunks. Yes. And you know yes. it, it's 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 end to end action. And it's nothing like, you know, you had ever seen because you just really have, you know, you have a couple of Patterson buckets, you got the Rashid dunk, and, and then you get the Bonzi Wells reverse, which is which is just sick because, you know, Pippen throws the lob from outside the three-point arc, if I, if memory serves correctly. That's right. And it's yep. – and, 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 and George Wash, who, boy, you guys – I hope someday we can really tell the story of George Wash, who practically invented a lot of what we see on NBA telecasts in Portland. Um, he developed all of it there, and one of my dearest friends in the entire world. He cuts to a shot of Don Nelson, yes, who looks like he, he has he has he has lost his dog, he has lost his best friend, his 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 refrigerator oh, doesn't have any more beer in it, and you know, and 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 I'm. 
I'm glad, you know, I, I went back and I looked at the call. And one of the things that you learn in television is that you, quote unquote, lay out. You, you let the video tell the story because, you know, I did, I did a little bit of, of, of not quite screaming, but certainly elevated the volume there. But, but then, but then you let George cut the pictures and, and you, you juxtapose the couple standing, uh, you know, in the end zone waving their arms. And then he cuts to Don Nelson who looks like, Oh my God, I'm out of beer. Um, and then back to more. And then Rashid Wallace, who's high-fiving uh, fans on the sideline. And, and it's just, it was one of those things that you're just looking at snapping going like, I can't believe this is even happening. You know, because everybody's you, you see rallies and you see multiple fast breaks, but to see them end up with dunks and then reverse behind the head dunks. I mean, that was it was it was just wow. You shake your head and like, oh, my goodness, this it, it really, really is a very, very special 90 seconds of basketball that, uh, you know, it's 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 among my fondest memories. And it's great. I mean, we didn't get to do it today because of uh, some time constraints, but. Oh baby, I love it is actually my intro to this show. <laughs> oh, it is. It, it really is. You know, it just goes to show you haven't been listening, Pete. We're gonna have to get you. I have to send you a couple links via Twitter. But it is, and part of it is part of the reason that call is so special is because of the passion with which you were calling that. Because I can tell that you're watching it like one of us. We're like, holy crap, is this really going down? I mean, like you said, they're beating the brakes off the Dallas Mavericks, who were a very, very good team at the time, coached by a very, very good Don Nelson. And they went on an 11-0 run to close that. Well, I think I actually think Dirk gets fouled and it, it cuts into that. But there's an 11-0 run in, the, you know, in that 60 seconds or 70 seconds where it was not just fantastic basketball. It was a fantastic call it was a fantastic product and the way that it totally played itself out is just basketball magic well thank you you're you're, you're very kind you know i was given some really really good material and like i said george wash just did a great job of cutting it and and i just wanted to shut up and be, because you, you know you, you you are looking at it and you 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 can't believe it because it is just so, it's so perfect the way that it just went from end to end and, and the constant scoring. And again, like you point out, this is a really good Dallas team that, that they were just dominating. And, you know, you don't expect any. And I, what do they put up, like 73 points in the first half or something crazy like that? I mean, these all these things are so extraordinary. And that's why. You know, people ask me about my job and, well, you know, you, you, you've been in Memphis for 18 years. You've been in the NBA for 29. Do you still love it? Like, hell yeah, I love it because you never know what you're going to see. You yeah. never know what you're going to see when you go to the building. And, it, you know, it might be it might be a logo Lillard shot. It could be a John Morant, you know, throw it off the backboard 360 dunk or it could be a miracle minute. You just never know what you're going to see when you go to the building that night. That's awesome. Where, Speaking of job. Go ahead, go ahead. Speaking of Ja, you mentioned him. Portland fans, you know, I can kind of speak collectively. We love that kid. And there's a lot of similarities to, you know, Damian Lillard, the small college. He was not aggressively scouted or highly regarded, but he's blossomed in this undeniable talent in the NBA. And he plays in a relatively small market. Um, what are some things about him we may not know about that could make us love him even more? 
Well, John's he's he's a good kid. Um, what I find amazing about him is that he has an amazing visual recall for plays and situations where he can go back and I've heard him on the team buzz say, yeah, you know, at, at 2.55 of the first quarter, you know, we ran tap head and you did this and you did that and the defender did this, so I did this and then we're going to do this and the counter to this should have been that, but he did this and it's like, wow. I mean, th- this kid really is a basketball savant in terms of his knowledge, his ability to recall, his ability to make adjustments on the fly. I think that is what's supremely impressive about him. And and to your point about him and Dame, you're right. Uh, both of them were lightly recruited. Both of them play with a tremendous passion and a tremendous chip on their shoulder. The style of their games are, are different, obviously. You know, Damon is a phenomenal score. I don't know that Jaws ever going to be a, a scorer in the way that that Dame has been and, and probably will continue to be. Uh, Jaws a, a little bit more of a traditional point guard than than Dame is, um, but both of them play with that just unquenchable fire because they will not settle for being mediocre. They will not settle for being average. They want to be the best guy on the floor, hands down. Did you know uh, Pete Blazer Ben here chiming in? The game in 2019, the Grizzlies and the Cavs, when Ja did that mm-hmm. uh, amazing leap, would you say, over Kevin Love? <laughs> yes, over Kevin Love. Unfortunately <laughs> missed the dunk, but was that just a good signal of, man, this is going to be great for years to come? Yeah, and, and, and it, even, it was even earlier that rookie season when we're playing Brooklyn, and I think we'd lost first couple games of the year, and we're starting to wonder, like, okay, are we really going to be any good? And then Kyrie Irving has a chance at the game winner. He faces up and blocks Kyrie Irving in overtime, or at the end of regulation to force overtime, and then has the game-winning assist, Jay Crowder, with a walk-off three against Brooklyn in Memphis. And and you started to see, like, okay, this, you know, this this kid could be really, really special. Uh, for this team and so uh, you know we're, we're we're thrilled to have him um, I think the future is bright for this team because of because of his presence in Memphis absolutely I think we can all agree on that but Pete we are running out of time and I want to give you the last minute or two to kind of promote uh, you have your own podcast um, want to let you promote that uh, and whatever else you want our listeners to know about your cameo Pete plug your cameo <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. If, if there are any Blazer fans, uh, I don't have any Blazer gear left to wear. But I mean, if uh, any Blazer fans are looking for a cameo, look me up on Cameo. Uh, I'm, I'm much more reasonably priced than some other announcers in the NBA. <laughs> but I'd be happy to happy to happy to cut a cameo. And, and coming and in all seriousness, I know this is a suicide prevention week, um, and and we're coming up with a promotion on Cameo where uh, I am donating my proceeds to uh, mental health awareness efforts uh, in the month, I believe, of October is what it's scheduled to uh, to be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, obviously, I've been doing a lot of Grizzlies cameos, but, uh, you know, would, would, would love to connect with people in the Pacific Northwest. Um, as far as the podcast, it's the Grizz Weekly Grind on the Basketball Podcast Network. Uh, have really had some very intriguing guests, including Steve Jones Jr., uh, who I think oh, if you're, 
if you're if you're a basketball person i think you need to follow him on twitter a lot of uh, great video breakdowns uh he had been a video coordinator with the grizzlies and uh, so we had a chance to work together and uh, talk about his dad um but yeah so the grizz weekly grind the basketball podcast network we try to have a lot of uh, very interesting guests and if you go back in the archives we've talked with andy schiffman of priority sports about his life as an agent. We've talked with Mindy McCutcheon about NBA officiating. We've talked to Evan Wash, who helps put the NBA schedule together. So if you want to know how the schedule got put together, go to the Grizz Weekly Grind page and uh, go into the archives and uh, and you can listen to that episode. And I think more than anything else, what I want to say is, uh, you know, in the off season, I have a chance to travel. My first trip this summer, I went uh, went back to Portland, visited Portland went into uh, the wine country and uh, brought back a whole lot of Pinot, this, that, and the other. <laughs> and, nice. um, nice. and, and uh, no, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Wisconsin guy. In fact, right now I'm go pack. I, I go, I, you know what? I, I am just, I have just wound up. I don't want to brag too much, but I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I just wrapped up. I just wrapped up a three day stretch. I saw Brewers and Cubs, Brewers and Cubs, Packers and Lions, and earlier today, my cousin and I were out at Whistling Straits watching uh, practice rounds for the Ryder Cup. So, oh man, um, oh wow, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm I'm a Wisconsin guy, but I have great affinity for the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I, I so thoroughly enjoyed my time in Portland. I'm I'm sad that it was not uh, as long as I would have liked it to have been, but you know things happen for a reason. But uh, to all the Blazer fans out there, I miss you. I love coming back to. I don't want to call it the Moda Center. I always call it the Rose it's Garden. It's always going to be the, the Garden. It's the Garden. Forever. <laughs> always, I always love coming back. And there's so many people in that organization that, uh, you know, particularly on the broadcast technical side that uh, you, you just love reconnecting with. And if I get a chance to bring the clubs, I'm going to go to Pumpkin Ridge or the Reserve or, or Glendevere and, uh, and, and swing the sticks. But I have great affinity for the city of Portland and great respect for the Portland fans. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always a spirited battle between the Grizzlies and the Blazers. It's developed into a nice little rivalry and, uh, looking forward to it. You know, on an early road trip, we may have some extra time off in Portland. I'm kind of hoping that's the way it plays out, but, uh, appreciate you having me. Uh, it, it's always gratifying to know that the people in the Portland area still, uh, still remember me. Absolutely. And uh, that that's that's very flattering and humbling, and I appreciate it. Pete, of course, you, Pete, we love if, you out here. If you don't have any more Portland gear, I mean, for these cameos, maybe you should be wearing a Busted Bucket t-shirt, you know? We would just <laughs> send you one. You could give a little shout-out on that cameo. That'd be great. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> just a shameless plug there. Shameless plug. I'm just buying the bit. premium video now <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> hey, 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 look. I used to work with Mike Rice, who is the king of shameless plugs. <laughs> oh, there, you there you go. There you go. You're not wrong. You gotta have me, yeah, you got to have me back for part two. We can talk all about Mike Rice. For about <laughs> oh, we love it. Absolutely. The wild one is a, he's a treasure here in Portland. It's a, yes, he is. It's an open that, invite, Pete. It's an open invite. That is a deep dive that I am ready to walk into. <laughs> I will. I will tell you the inside story of him getting kicked out in Indiana that one night. Yes. Oh, there's the plug. That. There's the plug. Right. There's the teaser. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete. Well, hey, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, and uh, we will welcome you with open arms for part two. Sounds good, guys. Thanks so much for having. Me. Thanks thank again, you, of Pete. course.
Big shout out to Pete Pranica, my co-host, the Encyclopedia Foster, the Bay Area Blazer, Rosa Panta, the man in the chair, Blazer Ben, the Basketball Podcast Network, DraftKings, and especially you, our listeners, our Twitter followers, and Bucket Busters. You make it so easy to keep stepping up to this mic. Keep reaching out to us on Twitter, at BustedBucket, with your comments and questions. We love building community with you all. Check out our website, BustedBucketPod.com, and pick up some merch at our store store.bustedbucketpod.com where everything you buy contributes to community projects in the future don't forget to rate follow and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying be good to each other rip city we'll catch you next time on the busted bucket podcast thanks for listening